what's going on listeners welcome back to matt goes to the movies and we are once again talking about the hbo max show the last of us with episode five premiering two days earlier than what we are used to uh due to the super bowl this episode is called endure and survive and i feel like that title's a a, a little I mean, I feel like I'm just surviving some of these episodes in terms of emotions, um, <laughs> getting through them. But yeah, interesting to to see this on a Friday. I don't know why it, it still kind of felt weird coming home from work and being like, OK, like I, I, I've got The Last of Us to watch. But I mean, I would have skipped the Super Bowl. I would have stopped it no matter what the score was to watch this on Sunday, but I'm I am glad that they released it early and w- what an interesting episode I I thought it was, Rob. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm I think they made the right call. I think this was probably always the call. I I don't think they ever planned to actually release it um and compete against the Super Bowl, but I would have also I you know, I might have given it till 9:10, you know, <laughs> and then and then I would have turned this on. Um, so I guess at this point, I'm going to assume if you're listening to this, you've already seen the episode, so I'm not going to worry about spoilers here. Um, yeah, I, I said this, I think after, when we recap the first episode, prepare to feel all of the feels as you go through this series. It was kind of my prediction and, uh, and we get that. So, you know, I, I guess Matt, you and I, for the next several weeks, uh, are just going to be everybody's Monday morning therapist um, to help them kind of process what it was that they saw. You know, I, I think that uh, you know we're recording this. It's um, you know it's just before midnight on, uh, on Friday uh, when we're recording this. We just had some stuff that pushed our recording time back, and under other circumstances, we pushed that recording to another day when mm-hmm. you know, the timing worked out better for us. But you know, we we kind of figured that we probably need to be here for listeners who just watched this so we can kind of all work through what we just saw, you know, because this was, this was a heavy one, um, to get through. This was, uh, there's some, there's some very funny moments and how this show is a horror show about things that happen. And there's, there's people get killed in brutal ways and awful things happen. And almost every week it is laugh out loud, funny too. How does it do that? Yeah, no, it's it's a, a a funny thing, no pun intended, that this show can actually have funny moments um, based on what the portrayal is. And boy, I, sometimes it doesn't matter and sometimes it does. But, you know, I, I alluded to the title here just a little bit ago, but, you know, this the theme of this entire episode the title is perfect. You know, sometimes it just, you you can't think of what a title should be. Or sometimes you see a title for an episode and you're like, whatever. Okay. But you watch this episode and the theme of endure and survive and what you're willing to do in this is right at the forefront again. And boy, one of the, one of the things that I really like about this is you know, we we find out that at the end of episode four, the two people that were holding the guns on Joe and Ellie, um, you know, we, we find out who they are and we'll get into that in a little bit. But what they have done and in particular, um, the adult uh, Henry, who they were looking for in episode four, um, what he's done 
to endure and survive um, this environment um, and his younger brother. And the way this episode ends, you know, it, it closes on the theme of what he can't endure anymore. Like, there's no reason at the end of this episode to survive anymore. Yeah. And I think, you know, you hit it right on the head that, that endure and survive really does. Um, it's the through line that pulls everything forward in this, um, you know, Fedra that was controlling Kansas city. They felt like what they needed to do was, you know, they behaved kind of like a mafia almost. Mm-hmm. And you could see that, um, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And we see that with what is in place with Fedra. We see that when the resistance takes over and, you know, what happens when there's a violent, you know, series of riots and eruptions um, to overthrow existing structures. There's some pretty awful stuff that happens, you know, and, and that's just from a human standpoint. You see human beings doing awful things. We don't understand the justifications fully. We don't know if some of these people that are being murdered in terrible ways are actually themselves terrible people. We just see from a human standpoint, terrible things happening. And it's kind of unsettling, mm-hmm. you know, when when you see it. Um but yeah, the, the fact that, his, you know, Sam's leukemia medication was being withheld and you had to perform a favor for the crown, so to speak, in order to receive it. And he had to give up, um, you know, a high ranking member, an important member of the resistance in order to do it. Um, obviously, it wasn't something he was happy about. He would wish there was another way, but it's a decision he would make 10 times out of 10 um, and not even think twice about it for his younger brother. And obviously Kathleen has some feelings about it. We understand now why she is hunting Mm -hmm. for them and why this person is so important. They forsake all of these other dangers and warning signs that there's bad stuff coming uh, that they really should address right away. Um, And she's so narrowed in her focus on Henry. um, You know, she's not able to fully understand it. She, she, willingly says nope i refuse to understand this yeah she Um, says what's you know she says what's the point and we find out you know in this episode sometimes the you know the the point of forgiveness is to to live your life um literally and figuratively in this case um because her her thirst and her just absolute quest for getting revenge on Henry. Um, I mean, she doesn't know that this happens, but it leads to her demise before it leads to Henry's. She could have just let him go and moved on with, you know, setting up, you know, new structures and new forms of governance. Now that the resistance has Mm -hmm. taken over and yet she devoted all of their assets to hunting this one guy down and really pose no further threat to her. Right. And this one guy that she decided to hunt down, took down this entire community almost that she helped build. Yeah. There's probably not going to be much left after that swarm heads the rest of the way in i mean it didn't seem like they had a lot of walls you know what i mean no it seemed like you could just kind of go in and out of kansas city pretty easily so yeah whoever's left over man they're gonna be in some trouble it what really popped out to me during this episode 
particularly when they're in the uh, the underground preschool and Henry and Joel are talking. And by the way, I just want to mention that underground preschool is so cool and yet so incredibly depressing all at the same yep. time. Like the, I, it's it's that dichotomy, you know, but post-apocalyptic fiction, it, it often deals with moral gray areas. You really can't think of any kind of dystopian reality that doesn't feature heavily themes of these, these moral gray areas and having to do bad things for good reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, the entire walking dead is based on that. You see this throughout Mad Max. You see anytime there's, there's dystopias, there's, there's this morality kind of discussion. And so it's natural for us to see it here and it's expected for us to see it here. And even though we've really seen these themes played out for us before, this does still feel like a fresh take on it to me. It It doesn't feel hackneyed. And I'm, and I'm trying to understand what makes it special. And I'm hoping maybe you can help me understand it better because I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand why this feels better. Um, I, you know what I think it is? I, to me, it is it's much like the Walking Dead in the beginning because that sh- in the beginning, the Walking Dead, yes, granted, there's always you know the threat of of the zomb- the the zombies and stuff like that. But if you look back to the beginning of the Walking Dead and what we're getting here, that was driven by the characters. That was that was driven by Rick finding his family. That was driven by them going to Herschel. That was driven by him forced to kill Shane. Them finding the prison. The relationships that all of those characters built in those early seasons. Um, you just couldn't hit that high again in the later seasons because as good as some of those episodes were in the end, none of those characters to me as the show went on, had the the charm, the the on-screen chemistry. And there was some really good stuff, but it never quite matched the original cast and their chemistry. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's what we're seeing some of, of here is the fact that we talked about it with episode four. Every person that's in this role is playing this to perfection. Granted, we get a, a a very intense scene um, with the infected in this episode, but it's what fifty six minutes long. It's it's just under an hour for this episode. That whole part takes up what three and a half minutes. It's not much. It, yeah, it it's not a big portion. It, if you take it and break it into a percentage, it's a very small percentage of this episode. Yet, I, I won't review my score, but this is still just as good as anything else we've gotten. Like you, you think about what we've seen so far through five episodes. It, yes, we've seen these infected, and we've seen really good scenes. But what's driving this show and what's driving, I think, the connection to the show is the characters. It's it's what they're dealing with and how well they're portraying it on screen. At least that's that's how I feel. Like to me, that's why this feels fresh is because the characters are connecting. And and I think it really starts with your two stars. This is their story. This is what 
this is what's going to happen as we follow them. They're going to interact with some other people, but at the heart of it, it's, it's about their story. And the casting was nailed 100% there. Yep. As we've seen and introduced other characters, we've gotten some really, really good performances. Um, you know, I, I think the little boy that plays Sam, I just, I, I want to hug him. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. Like he's, he's so good. And, um, you know, if you watched all the way through to the end, you'll, you'll know that, um, uh, the young man, his name is Kevion. Um, he is actually deaf. Um, and that was important to cast him that way. Um, you know, he, he and I actually, I'm glad that I watched all the way through to the end so I could see his, his sweet little smiling face at the end of it. Right. After the, end of the episode, <laughs> I was like, cool. I needed this. Thank you. Thank you, HBO for knowing that I actually need this right um and and the actor that plays um his brother you know has a great nor like big natural smile so i kind of needed that too at the end of it yeah um but they were great as well i i don't i don't entirely love the actress's portrayal of kathleen there's something about it that feels off to me there's and i don't i don't know there's there's something that doesn't there's something off about it. I, I don't understand. I don't know that I can fully articulate. There's just something that doesn't fit. Yeah. I mean, when you're uh, the thing is, though, when you're surrounded, when you're surrounded by f- tens. A seven still doesn't look as good. Like, yeah. I, and I, I don't know if that's the thing that I should be saying, but like when every actor, I, I just mean like when every actor and actress's performance is a 10, you know, it, it's kind of like when we talk about video games or movies, like a seven out of 10 isn't a bad score, yeah. but, but sometimes we sit there and go, Oh, seven out of 10. I don't know. And it's like, I, I'm not saying she's great, but also at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's something there, but it's just like, you're it seems just, like she's almost you're just bored you're right I, I mean like most of the time she's giving these orders and she's angry and she's annoyed and she's just kind of bored mm-hmm. with everything like there's just something about the the that performance that is just off and doesn't feel like it fits within the story that's being told um i don't know i i gotta say though the a plus to the production design team because jeez oh, they have to create just these dilapidated sets they have to take what would have been a very happy beautiful bedroom and make it look Mm -hmm. just absolutely demolished and has gone to complete hell and like even the detail on the peeling paint and the peeling wallpaper and stuff like that oh my god it is it's breathtaking what what the people who are working on this do um just absolutely stunning yeah, the whole thing just it it looks it, it looks gorgeous. It's top notch. Um, it, it's been like that since the very first episode, and there there hasn't been a dip in any of that because there there have been other shows where it's like, wow, that looks really good, and then there's certain episodes where you're like, what the hell happened there? Like, there's like a yeah. there's like a dip in production quality. Um, like once in a while and like for so far through five episodes, it's like there, there's so much care and detail put into this world and, and, and crafting it and creating it. Um, you know, and, and Rob, you talked about, you know, this is driven by the two main characters and you use this line last time. So I'm going to steal this. 
this is what I'm seeing. This is how I'm thinking. And maybe I'm going too deep into it. Um, but we're watching this, this show and we're talking about it from the show's perspective. We're not giving spoilers about the video game. So I'm talking like a general viewer here in this take. And to me, watching this from just the lens of I'm seeing everything happen for the first time. To me, there's another shift in Joel in this episode. First, I really enjoyed the subtleties of when Henry's talking in that, you know, in that school um, underground where he's like, I'm a bad guy because I did a bad guy thing. And you can see Joel kind of like processing through like he even goes out of his way to say to him, you know, I, I shouldn't have said what I said earlier when I was like, I don't work with a rat, you know, like to me, yeah. that's that's a character shift. But also. I found it very telling and you don't know that Ellie told him to do this or what. I found it very telling that Joel took the time to bury the bodies. I think that I think that shows something because we didn't see him and I get it, the stink and everything else. We didn't see him bury Bill. And that was his friend. And that was his friend. I think there's some I I think for a viewer there's something very telling there that he took the time to bury those bodies that you're seeing again a shift and the line you know the line really hit me and I was like oh my god like I I just there's some things I'm not ready for with this show and I heard it in a, in a preview before and everything but when Henry's talking to him and he says you might not be that girl's father but you were somebody's father I'm just like, I'm I'm not ready for things like that. Like, I'm not ready for those for those lines. I'm not ready for that dialogue because it just like it just hits. And I, I don't want to be like a sap or anything like that. But like being a father and Rob, you are too. Like those lines just hit me extra. Yeah. Yeah. You, once for the listeners who are parents, you'll understand kind of what I'm talking about here and, and what we're talking about here. For those of you who aren't, hopefully you'll kind of be able to follow along. But after you become a parent, you do have a tendency to look at other kids differently. Like you you find yourself like watching out for them a little bit more. Like if you're if you're out shopping somewhere and you see a little kid kind of running off and you don't see a parent nearby, like you watch a little longer just to make sure. Like there's little things like that that, that just are natural. Like you just, you just do, I think. Um, and, you know, speaking of other things that you just weren't ready for when, when Sam writes down um, on his little like tear off sheet there, if you turn into a monster, is it still you inside? Yeah. Just that got me. 100% got me. Not afraid who, to admit it. I don't care who knows it. Yeah. That got me. Because um, you know what's coming. Like, as, yep. so, as soon as he wrote that, again, just watching this, it's, damn it. Like, you know why he wrote, like, you know why he wrote that. Yep. And then when he asks her to stay awake with me. <sighs> yeah. Like, it, it's just. This is a little boy who should not have to consider his own mortality, who's clearly afraid of of his own mortality. He understands that that's what's coming and he's afraid of it. And he hasn't had a friend maybe ever. Mm -hmm. 
and now he has a friend and it's gone. Yeah. Like boom, like that. It's gone. Whoo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how this thing ends. Uh, and then, um, you know, Henry unalives himself, uh, as a result of, of what happens. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a heavy episode to carry, uh, with you until next week. And, uh, and look, people at your Super Bowl party are going to be talking about this. Yeah. Like this is 100% going to be a topic. I would say at a lot of people's Super Bowl gatherings, because everybody in America is watching the show. My in-laws are in their seventies and they're watching this show. Well, if it's, <laughs> if it's like the previous four episodes, we're only going to have more viewers for this episode. Yeah. So people are going to be talking about it. People are going to be saying how messed up it was and, and how it just wrecked them emotionally and how Sunday the 19th can't get here fast enough. Yeah. And how well did everybody play that last scene? Like, oh, like God. How, I yeah. mean, I, again, it, we're, you know, we, we have to talk about it in context of entertainment. Um, but just that, Oh man, all three of them that real is, you know, him just repeat Henry repeatedly saying there towards the end, what did I do? What did I do? Like the, the exasperation in his voice. Um, and even Joel, like, again, even, you know, Joel sitting there just, you know, at first, you know, Ellie makes mention of it. Like he's going to say, no, he's not going to let you come along. And then I'm going to ask him. And Ellie didn't even ask him in the episode. If they like, she never asked him again, if they could go, he did that on his own. Like yeah. he is, you know, Joel is growing right, but right before the viewer's eyes. And even in that last scene, he doesn't like it. He was willing to, like Henry would still be going with them. Like you could tell he was trying to help Henry and you know, like, okay, like give me the gun. Like he was still going to help Henry. Like if Henry wouldn't have shot himself, like to me, you could tell Joel was going to almost, he was taking Bill's words to heart in episode three with that letter. Like that's what men like you and I do. We take care of people. Like yeah, help who you can help. Yeah. Henry was going to come along and he was going to help him like. And yeah, like that last scene is, is just played so well. And then again, getting into the fact that like Joel buries the bodies, but you know, even Ellie and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, the next episode, do we get him asking her if she knew? Like, or if he just takes the I'm sorry as a, like, yeah, like, I'm sorry, like, that this happened to you. Yeah, I think they'll probably move on from it. But it's, you know, it's interesting because you're right. It it appeared that Joel went from, you know, trying to, in that scene, his, his motives change very rapidly. First, he's addressing the fact that there's an infected attacking Ellie, so he's going to try to save her. The gun goes off. He's now trying to save himself mm-hmm. essentially so that he can save Ellie into now he's, he's, you know, uh, Sam gets, gets shot, you know, the infected version of Sam gets shot. And now he's trying to, you know, again, 
get Henry to lower the gun and keep all of them safe. And then he quickly realizes he needs to keep Henry safe. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to watch that because who, what does this guy really represent to Joel? Like what, what value from a survival standpoint and, and being able to accomplish his mission of getting Ellie to where he's got to get to get, you know, get to his brother and then get Ellie further on. Yep. How does Henry help him? He doesn't, if anything, he hinders him. It's another mouth to feed, (laughs) you know, when in a survival situation, calories are hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And when you're probably going to have to, you know, hike the whole way across the country to get to where your destination is, that's a lot of calories that you now have to make up Yep, and a third mouth at the same time. So, you know, you see where just exposure to Ellie is slowly kind of stripping away some of the exterior of Joel, those walls that he had put up, um, you know, screw humanity. I don't really care. I'm, I'm not a good guy. I do a lot of bad stuff and I don't really care because nothing really matters. I don't have, I don't really have anything. I don't have a reason why I feel bad mm-hmm. for doing any of the things that I do. It's about survival at this point. Um, and now you're kind of seeing that change a little bit. Um, little by little and it's, and there's nothing, there's not like a moment or anything like that. That's just like, Oh, that's the one key change. It was from that point forward. Mm -hmm. And that's why this works better as a TV series where you have nine hour ish long episodes as opposed to, so trying to fit nine hours of content essentially into even a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Henry and Sam wouldn't have even shown up in a movie version of this. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, there's, there's rare movies that I think have, you know, done things like that, um, where you can kind of, you get a connection, um, between the two characters, like between the two characters where you're like, oh man, like, yeah, I, I totally like in the span of this movie, um, I believe that like one example for me is the Batman with Robert Patterson, like through the three hours at the end of it. I really do believe that there's like, I thought they portrayed that relationship, Rob, that you and I know between Batman and Catwoman from the comics. Um, I thought they were able to really actually touch upon that really well in the movie. Um, You know, in that three hour span when there's just years upon years upon years of history between them. but it doesn't always work like that. And yeah, like that's where this, you know, being in this TV setting, so to speak, um, you know, for me, that works better. It almost to me is, you know, boy, this like, instead of an uncharted movie, we should have gotten an uncharted TV series. I'm not sure we won't. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe they decide to switch gears. HBO is already working with naughty dog. Yeah. Like, but yeah, no, I, I, I think this, you know, this shows that, yes, there are there are some properties that need to be a show. They they just yeah. you can't do a movie with it, no matter even if you like the movie. There's just some things that you, you know, you're you need to have in this format. And I think this is the shining example of, you know, we've said it before. This is how you do a series right. Yeah. You know, we've kind of talked about this before. I think I'm trying to remember when the last time we would have talked about this on air was, but think about something like Captain America's civil war. 
had Disney Plus and the MCU shows on Disney Plus been available at that time, Civil War would have been so much better as a, just for sake of example, nine episodes, you know, one hour long each um, to be able to touch on all of the different twists and turns to really adapt that comic properly. You know, if you want to do Planet Hulk and actually do it right. Yeah. You probably need to do that as a TV series on Disney Plus instead of a film. You know, there's there's certain ways to adapt things better. Yeah, I mean, they could have done things like, you know, with that. Obviously, the the comic book story is much much different than what we got in the movie. There's a lot more moving parts. Um, you know, the X Men are featured really heavily into it too, which they didn't have rights yeah, to at that time. Norman o- Norman Osborn, things like that. Um, but think about the fact of, you know, they talked about, oh, well, where's, um you know, where's Clint and Scott? Oh, they they took a deal. It was too hard on their families. You could have had like you could have seen some of that beforehand and gotten to understand why those two might have, you know, and I like Civil War. I still think it's a really good movie. Yeah. But I, I think there's a lot of things that you could have done. To, to build into that, to make it a little bit more. I don't want to say relatable because I still think th- I, I do think they did a very good job. Um, but yeah, I, I just I think there could have been a lot more build. I still say it's the biggest downgrade for costumes, though, for Black Panther <laughs> from Black Panther going from Civil War to his own movie. I, I think yeah. the costume in Civil War is absolutely perfect. Hey, speaking of comics, they uh, we've mentioned how we don't need this show to be fan service. And yet week after week, they give you fan service in a way that is authentic, mm-hmm. works, moves the story along. And the collectible comics that you have to find as you explore the world, um, they they gave us those uh, for this. And it, and it made sense in universe. Somebody who's watching this with no familiarity with the source material would not have even noticed that this was a fan service moment. They wouldn't have been watching this feeling like they were missing out on something that they're going to have to run to Wikipedia to look up why that was significant later. You, you see this a lot with Easter eggs. Um, I think there's times where like, you know, as big of a dork as I am, I don't even catch all the references and have to go look up a lot of them later too. And, and I think that the way they've been doing it, some of the shot for shot, like remakes of the game into the storyboards have been so good and, and unnecessarily good. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they added that element to it as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, how many times can you sit there and say that this is like perfect? Like it's it's unbelievable how many times you can sit there and say, yeah, one episode was better than the next. Well, this episode was, well, better than the last. Like it it just. I, I, I really am like mystified how they're actually doing this. (laughs) Yeah. We're not used to like perfection, particularly with adapted media. Um, Yeah. 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 Especially with adapted media. Yeah. Not to this degree. Like seriously, it's, it's unbelievable how they're doing it. I mean, you sit there and look at all these adopted properties and the uncharted movie. I, that really, to me, 
that kind of failed. You know, to me, Sonic so far was the best adapt, you know, adaptation for, for video game properties, the two Sonic movies, um, to the point where it was no longer like, all right, um, it's okay for a video game movie to no, these were good movies. Like I actually really, really enjoyed them. Um, you know, but then you th- get things like Halo. And wah, 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 wah. right, you know, and it's just, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this route too. How many things do we have? The Super Mario Brothers movie, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, uh, the, uh, the other Street Fighter that released The Legend of Chun-Li, Dead or Alive, House of the Dead. Y- you have all of these properties that Prince of Persia, none of them are even remotely good. Besides the first Mortal Kombat movie, I still actually consider that moments. like like I still consider that like good. I actually enjoy watching that. Um, I mean, even toy properties you know look at masters of the universe with dolph lundgren like that's a guilty that's a guilty pleasure of mine i will watch that and i enjoy it because it's so stupid um but it's transformers has its highs and lows right it's not good i still think the first transformers movie is actually good i think the first transformers movie is good and then it made so much money that they were like oh michael bay you have no restrictions and it was like well look what happens yeah you should probably have a few yeah like um there's a reason why they say you should wear a seatbelt in the car like <laughs> um, yes it, but yeah none of these other properties are at this level it, it's not it's not even close it, the, the gap between the last of us and all other medium that is in this category it's not even close. And and you can do this in a lot of different ways. You can think of the film versions of most books. Everybody says the book is better than the movie. You can think of video game adaptions of popular movies. Not always very good. Um, yeah. You know, it tends to be just kind of shovelware. That's just sort of, um, you know, a, a, a cheap tie in to the movie. It, you know, when they take books and adapt them into TV shows, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, true blood is one that I'm kind of thinking of that had some really good moments that I, I I watched every episode of the show. I really loved it, which by the way, there's going to be a character coming up later this season portrayed by, uh, Rutina Wesley, who was on true blood and was fantastic in that show. So I'm looking forward to seeing her. I think we might even see her next week. Cause I think I saw her face in the preview. Um, so, you know, that was an adaption and it, the middle of it fell completely off. I mean, you can really, you can point to almost any way of adapting anything else, you know, adapting a comic into a movie. There's, there's good moments and bad moments. Um, there's, there's nothing like this before. And, and I said this, I think last week, don't be surprised when we start getting more high production value video game adaptions into TV series on a variety of different streaming services. There is no doubt that every boardroom you know, of executives that runs a streaming service is talking about how do we create the next, the last of us? What is our version of this? These are meetings that have already been happening, which I think the one that is, I I mean, we know about Tomb Raider, but, um, you know, I, I think the one that has the potential to blow this out of the water in terms of like fans, um, would be God of war. 
I, yeah, I I think is that is Amazon on that one? I believe I I, yes, I believe that's Am- I Amazon. I believe is. that's Amazon. Yeah, um, that could be a really big deal, particularly if they start at the beginning. I think there's I think there could be some good stuff there, but uh, also the visual effects. Right. Yeah. I mean, also, they did Rings of Power and yeah, like for better or for worse, you know, they adapted um, a book series. I love the Wheel of Time and there's people who were really into it. And, they're, you know, then it kind of just. I don't think it generated quite the buzz that they were hoping for. I, I want to say like the first episode of that show was like one of the most expensive episodes of television to ever produce. And Amazon was just throwing money at it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I will not be surprised at all when later this year we start hearing about this video game is being adapted. It's being picked up by, you know, Hulu is going to get this one. And, um, you know, Netflix is picking that one up and Paramount plus is going to try again with another one they're all begging for the next hit to justify people paying for their service. Um, as they keep adding more and more streaming options and conglomerating them, um, this will start a trend. Um, you will see more, you know, stuff like this. Um, I, I, and that could be good. That could be really good. Um, but we could also get some really, really bad stuff. Yeah. Um, it is Amazon. So, uh, uh, Rafe Judkins, uh, who actually developed the Wheel of Time, is on show running duties for God of War. Um, the writer's room includes the people who did The Expanse um, and the Iron Man co-writers Mark Fergus and Hawk Otsby um, are serving as executive producers. So they mm. have people that have done good stuff. Like yeah. we've, we've talked extensively about the first Iron Man movie, um, oh, yeah. but it's still very, very early stages. So who knows when, you know, we're going to see it anything get canceled, <laughs> you know, right. But, you know, if we'll see anything anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, I, I cannot imagine they are not just there's not conversation after conversation right now about we need this. Like, how do we get something like this on our platform. Yeah. Um, I, I would love somebody to talk to the people who did horizon zero dawn and horizon, just, mm. into the, you know, just the horizon series. Somebody, somebody throw a lot of money at that, please. Yep. Like just give me that next. That's, that's top of my wish list. Yeah, that would be, I, I would thoroughly enjoy horizon. That would be great. Cause it's um, not like somebody's going to adapt final fantasy three into a movie or a TV series as cool as that would be. Yeah, no, I, I don't <laughs> think that's happening <laughs> anytime. Listen, I mean, soon. Just, just thinking about something that's actually got enough story to really carry out a series, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Most I, games are about running around and shooting things and blowing things up and running from zombies or Nazis or aliens or whatever it is. Or, you know, if it's, if you're playing fallout, you know, you're running away from super mutants and stuff like, that doesn't always translate well to the screen. Yeah, no, not not at all. But uh, getting back to to The Last of Us here, um, any kind of final thoughts that we haven't talked about in this episode, any points that you wanted to make that we did not get to so far? I want to talk about the bloater. We haven't touched on the bloater. And uh, yeah, the, let's the let's talk. Kill, the first kill we see, uh, you know, Perry kind of the the lieutenant to kathleen um that kill was gruesome brutal and it was exactly what it needed to be for that enemy oh my god it was 
creepy. It was awesome. Um, I loved what they did with it. Yeah, no, I I certainly was just like when he came out, I went, good God. And I saw him in the preview. Um, but that that whole scene, like that first kill, just ripping that head off was awesome. But again, just that whole scene of uh, of the infected swarming was just so well done. Uh, the creepiness of the girl in the Jeep with Ellie, the way she flipped over the seats, like all of that was just that whole scene again, it takes up a small amount of time in this episode, but it again, it does like rattlesnake venom. You don't need a lot. You you need one bite and you're done. Like this gave you what you needed. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the like mini clicker, the preschool age clicker. Um, next probably more like elementary age. And wow, that was, that was creepy. Um, that was unsettling. It was incredibly effective. And it makes sense. Like, you know, yes, we've we've seen zombie kids before in other in other forms, but there was something about a you know, an eight-year-old version of a clicker and the way that it was done in this world and the threat that that young girl that had morphed into a clicker posed um it was so unsettling and effective um i you know as i uh i've been watching the show with my wife um the last several weeks didn't work out tonight that we could sit down and watch it together i know that tomorrow night when i get home from work i'm gonna have to kind of encourage her not to watch it without me because i feel like i'm gonna just need to be there for emotional support (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> through a good bit of this episode for her because I know how a lot of this is going to affect her. Uh, listeners, I'm sure I've got a good idea of how this affected a lot of you. I, I think you're, you know, if if you reacted the same way I did, the same way Matt did, uh, the same way that I imagine my wife reacting to this, um, you know, it's, I, I was sitting there as this episode ended. I'm like, my God, this is like crushing me. All of these things that are happening and I love it and I can't wait for next week. What the hell is wrong with me that I'm so into this? Yeah, there's to me the the most telling thing about this show is the fact that sometimes I just sit in silence during it. Like and, you know, I, I mean. I, I'm watching it with my son, so like we can talk during it. But there, there's sometimes where I just I don't want to talk and I can't talk. Like I'm just I, I'm processing so much of what's going on, and that's one of the things I was actually thinking about today. Um, before we actually started r- recording this, was was just how much I actually kind of even after the episode's over after it, how much I kind of just like actually internalize a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And you find yourself like, this is one of those shows that you, you catch yourself thinking about during the week, even when you're not Mm -hmm. talking about it with somebody else who's really into it as well. 
Um, like there's nobody who's casually into this show. You're either watching it and you're majorly into it or you're just not watching it. Yeah. Like it's just, there's, there's nobody who's like, yeah, I, I'm kind of, you know, I missed two or three episodes, but I jump back in. Like no. the people who are into this are rabid and, and can't wait for the next one. And, you know, you'll find yourself, even when you're not in those moments, there's things that will catch you and you're, you'll just kind of you'll find yourself going down kind of like this mental rabbit hole and and you'll realize that for the last half hour you've been thinking about this show um and you're you're kind of looking i was i was talking to some people at work today it was just like i think it was it was like 12 30 or something like that i was like eight and a half hours and she kind of looked at me like what are you talking about <laughs> eight and a half hours and then she kind of thought about it for a second and she went oh yeah eight and a half hours till till the new episode starts and i was like yeah like, yep and that's where we are with The Last of Us. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly where I'm. Like I said, I mean, to me, this is old school. You're at home on a certain night because, you know, your show was on television. Like, oh, I and like I want to be home and watch this. And to me, it's like, yeah, no, I don't. I really don't want to be doing anything on Sundays at nine o'clock. I, I yeah. want to I want to be home watching The Last of Us. <laughs> the phone is on do not disturb the doors are locked like you know you 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 go you go dark to the world yeah like if my house caught on fire i'd probably switch it on them i'd probably click the hbo max app on my phone and get out while i was still trying to watch the episode like yeah yeah you've got the fire extinguisher in one hand and joel and ellie you know on your phone in the other i might be able to make it <laughs> exactly but yeah, no, I mean, this has just been, this has just been another episode for me that is, is top notch. It's peak of what I would want from this. It's more than what I thought I would want from this show. Um, are, are you ready to, to grab some popcorn? Let's do it. All right. So popcorn time, we are going to rate this episode and minus the little hiccup. Uh, that we talked about earlier and it's not enough because everything else is still just so great. Um, this is a five. There's just too many good performances minus, you know, um, the, the small hiccup there. Um, this is just a five. It's just, it's too good. It's too emotional. Every other character plays their scene so well. It looks, it, it looks too pretty to take points away from it. It's just, it's another, this is 25 buckets out of 25 to start five episodes in this, this episode and this show in general balances so many things. You know, you, you think about the beginning of it when, uh, you know, they're still having the guns drawn on them by, by Henry and Sam and Joel's like, you know, everything is great. And Ellie's, he, he has an asshole voice. Which, yep. Is that kind of like the dude version of resting bitch face? I'm yes. Kind of wondering if oh he my has, he has asshole God. Voice. Um, <sighs> this show is laugh out loud, funny. And then you think about the end of the episode when, when most people are probably having tears running down their mm -hmm. face and both of them are incredibly effective. It, you know, this might be, the episode I've got the most beef with, because again, I, I mentioned there's just something about Kathleen that just is, was off to me. The other thing that I will say that's a slight mark against this is that sinkhole was a little too deus ex machina for me. It was just a ah. little too much like a, Oh yeah, our heroes are in a jam. How are they going to get out of this jam? How about this crazy, you know, like 
weird thing just happens randomly right at the moment in time they need to get saved. Like those things always I hate. Um, and that being said, uh, it's five out of five. Like it's still perfect. Like it's still perfect. Yeah. It, there's just, there's too many things right to really focus on it. Like it quickly goes away. Some of the small things that happened. Like you to, to even if you're not writing down things that you're mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't know about that. You'll completely forget by the end of it because of how the emotion of the end of the episode leaves you and how you're sitting in silence. And you almost need kind of that little like extra three minutes that HBO puts on at the end of it, where they kind of talk about a little bit of the making of the episode and just some thoughts and some things that they did. And they show you some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like you kind of need that just to de like decompress. Right. Yeah. <laughs> from seriously. What you saw before you can move on. Yeah, no, I, that's a, that's a perfect way to put it. Decompress. Um, so that is going to do it for this episode of the last of us. Um, again, now it's almost going to be torture because we're waiting two extra days to see the next episode, <laughs> to see the next episode <laughs> than what we usually do. Hey, um, we get the episode two days early. Yay. Yep. That means we have to wait two days longer for the next one. Ooh. But I mean, I certainly in the meantime, um, you know, where uh, Brandon and I are going to be releasing an episode here in the next couple of days on the movie Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, he's still extremely mad at me for making him watch that movie. Um, so we're going to be doing an episode on that. Uh, I will have by Tuesday of this week. So that would be the 15th of February. Uh, my video uh, review on YouTube for the crow. And then um, there is a big group of us going to Winnie the Pooh blood and honey on the 15th of this month, which I am dying to go see. And, and that will be, it's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be, I know it's going to be awesome. Um, he wants to make a whole cinematic universe. I'm, I'm so on board with it. Like, I don't know. Give me Winnie the Pooh and Bambi rummaging through a park, killing people. Like, <laughs> like or or give me the Winnie the Pooh and the Cocaine Bear crossover that we yes. all. Yes. Oh my god! Like, uh Winnie the Pooh and Cocaine Bear. Uh two, two Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and Cocaine Bear. If you would have told me a year ago in February that, the, that I would be that I'd be going to the theaters to see these two movies this year, I would have been like, mm. I mean, it sounds like something I would see, but those will never happen. Like those movies it's a more ambitious crossover than even Infinity War, right? Like this. What do you, who? How would you even think of those titles for these movies? So, um yeah, uh, February. I am super excited for some of these releases. Um, Rob, we had a kind of good laugh about the the Fast X trailer, uh, the the new Fast and Furious trailer released today. Um, interesting to say the least. Um, but like we <laughs> said, I've I've been on this ride, and most fans have since two thousand and one. Um, at this point, they are family, so it's too late to turn. It's too <laughs> late to turn my back on them. So, <laughs> re- regardless of the the dip that I think these movies have endured, um, I'll I'll be going to see that. But the the trailer was, 
it was interesting. And the last movie, they went to space in a freaking car. So that's to say that this trailer was interesting says a lot. I mean, the only way it could get weirder than what they've already done is if they do a time heist like in Endgame. That's the last yeah. thing that they have left. Well, they've done everything else. Well, I, I mean, there was that rumor about that crossover with Fast and the Furious and freaking G.I. Joe. Like, I, I would. Yeah. Oh, man. I, but if that ever happened. But yeah, no, there's there's a lot of stuff coming out. If you listeners haven't um, checked out any recent episodes, uh, make sure to check out um, Rob's reviews for Goldeneye. Um, it made me actually that review made me go through and watch the entire Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies. I did finally finish. I have watched all I have watched all four of them. Um, The fourth one did not bother me as much as all the other ones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, those two are pretty bad. Yes. uh, Nonetheless, though, I was really happy to actually go watch them. Uh, Rob was very shocked that I had never seen them at all. Um, But yeah, no, that was Rob. I I thoroughly enjoyed that review. And to me, regardless of whether I like the movie, um, to me, the best thing about a review is you find it interesting enough that you want to check that movie out yourself. Yeah, we uh, we decided it's a movie that had been on our list for a while. And with uh, GoldenEye, the N64 version of it getting remade for Nintendo Switch and and hitting Xbox on Game Pass, we thought this was the best time to dust it off. Go check it back out. It doesn't really hold up the way that you remember it. And I mean that both for the movie and the game. But, um, you know, sometimes nostalgia is more important than necessarily if it plays up to modern standards. So yeah, Eric and I had a great time uh, working on that. So yeah, check out golden knife. You haven't had a chance to yet. And uh, we would, we would love for you to let us know what you think. Yeah. Brandon actually played golden eye. He checked it out and he was like, how did you guys play this? And I'm like, you don't (laughs) like, you had to just be there. No, like really like you had to, it's so funny like watching that game. Cause it's like, no, you you really did have to be there and like understand that at the time when we were that age, when that game came out, like as much as now on like the PS five, it's like, Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. Like back then it was like, Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. Like that guy even looks like, like actually Pierce Brosnan. Right. That triangular face of like 17 polygons. looks just like (laughs) Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, so um, that was interesting to to see that. But Rob, um, you know, if they wanted to get in contact with us and they wanted to tell us what they thought of that or any other episode, um, it's in the show notes. But where would they go? You know, there are so many places you could check out. You can email the show at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Just the initials for Matt Goes to the Movies at g- uh, podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us your power rankings of uh, the the uh, Pierce Brosnan run on the character of, of James Bond. You know, which which of those movies are good? Which ones are bad? Send us your rankings. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, anything else that is on the channel, there's all kinds of great stuff. Certainly, we want to welcome uh, listeners who've been with the show since the very beginning when it was just Matt talking into his speakerphone, uh, talking about um, 
you know, the, the Skywalker saga. Uh, so if you've been with the show since the very beginning, thank you for, for sticking around. Uh, and if you're brand new to the show and you're checking us out just because you're really into the last of us and looking for some content about it, uh, certainly we're, we're glad that you downloaded this and we're glad you're glad you're here and hopefully you'll stay and hopefully you'll check out the other episodes available on the channel. There's, there's something for everybody here. Uh, you can also find the show while you're on the internet at, uh, Facebook. You can join the Facebook group, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, no word on whether or not the show is going to be on Truth Social. I uh, <laughs> haven't heard if, if the show is going to get a page over on that on that platform yet. But pretty much any other uh, social media platform, you can find Matt Goes to the Movies. And uh, you can head over to Podchaser as well. Leave a review for individual episodes or the show as a whole. It's super cool. And uh, we appreciate the interaction from listeners. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's why I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much, Rob, for doing this episode as always. And listeners, thank you very much for joining us. And we will see you very soon at Mac Goes to the Movies.